This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Last week, all eyes were on the 40th edition of the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Today, we are so fortunate to have the winning driver, Scott Zeron, as our guest. Scott steered the three-year-old It's My Show to Victory at the Cup. He was quoted as saying that the North America Cup is his all-time favorite race to win, and last Saturday, Zeron and It's My Show did it. We're going to meet for the very first time, Scott Zeron, on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I have the feeling it will not be his last visit. Still with all things Woodbine, friend of the show, renowned Woodbine trainer Kevin Attard joins us. Attard has trained multiple winners with earnings of over $34 million so far in his career. Kevin Attard is probably best known as the trainer of 2022's Canadian Horse of the Year and last year's Queen's Plate winner, Moira. Kevin will talk about his successes so far this year and his plans for Moira and also an update on the up-and-comers in his stable. And finally, he's back. My incredible co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. Better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as we have our new feature on the show called In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and I'm so proud to have Larry Simpson as my co-host. The show would not be without you, Larry. Thank you. And our In Case You Missed It, a look at the week that was in horse racing news. Let's go back one week. 
The Pepsi $1 million North America Cup last Saturday at Mohawk, it, uh, Woodbine Mohawk Racetrack, it was probably one for the books. It was. The, uh, the races were great, uh, especially the Pepsi North America Cup, which was won by It's My Show, which I believe, was that not a ponies pick of the yes. day? Yes. Yeah. No, it was a Larry Simpson ponies, pick, ponies of the day. pick of the day. You That's picked what it. I thought, yeah. Did well, you put a lot of money? I shouldn't ask this. It's a very personal question, but did you do well that day? I did. Good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and the driver, the winning driver, Scott Zeron, is a guest on our show in moments. He, he will be. He'll be uh, He'll be joining us shortly, which is very exciting. But before he does, I just want to get into you know why this was such an extravagant night of racing. It was a 13-race card, and the all-sources handle for the night was over $5 million, Like, it was $5 million plus for handle. Uh, it's the third highest in the event history. Uh, the race itself, there was uh, over $650,000, which was up just bet on that race, and that was up by 18% uh, over 2022. So it showed that, you know, COVID is in the rearview mirror now. People went out, had a good time. There was a good crowd. Uh, people enjoyed it. The races were great. There was a ton of stakes races. You saw the best of the best horses in Stanabred Racing in North America, basically racing uh, last Saturday at Woodby Mohawk Park, so it was a it was a night for the ages, you could say. Yeah, and it bodes really well for the future of Standard Red Racing. Well, it does because uh, some of these horses we'll see again over the summer, as because it would be Grand Circuit races over the summer at Woodby Mohawk Park. Some of these will be back. Uh, some of them you'll see uh, racing at the the Meadowlands at the Meadowlands Pace uh, next month, and uh, yeah, the, it's it's. It's going to be an exciting summer for Stanabred Racing uh, here in, in, in Canada and, and you could say North America as well. So, Thank you, Larry. And that's in case you missed it on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We are so pleased to be joined today by a soon-to-be friend of the show in moments, standard bred driver Scott Zeron, who you could say had a bit of a homecoming last Saturday night when he steered the three-year-old pacer It's My Show to Victory at the 40th running of the $1 million Pepsi North America Cup at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Scott, congratulations. What went right last Saturday? Uh, you know what, it's the most competitive field that I think we've ever really had in that Pepsi North American Cup, and it was really just a driver's race to the first turn. So st- strategically, it just had to unfold really the way it did. The, the, interchangeably, there was eight out of the ten horses that no one would have been surprised if they had won. So positioning going into the first turn and trying to be up near the front, and uh, obviously when I took command of the lead, it, my horse did the rest. So you basically you went to the front and took no prisoners, but... Getting it at the end, uh, was the horse getting a little uh, leg weary, and was there a time that you thought maybe you were going to get past at the finish? Yeah, no doubt. I um, I did I did all the work. I did all the heavy lifting throughout that mile, so deservedly so my horse was going to get a little bit tired. But um, an extremely good horse was coming at me late with a lot of momentum, and that wire couldn't have come up any sooner. I watched an interview with you not long ago, and you talk about taking, you know, like seven days to, to really get comfortable with the horse, to get to get sort of in the same vibe as the horse and the horse in the same vibe as you. Is that still the case? Yeah, most definitely. Um, but for, for this specific horse, I've driven him, I believe, 13 or 14 times. So I know him extremely well. Um, sat behind him eight times this year alone. And he has won all eight. So, you know, I was confident. The horse was confident. Everything was uh, in our momentum. 
Now, how does he rank, uh, Scott? It's my show compared to some of the other top horses that you've uh, driven. You know, I'd say he's uh, the best pacer I've ever driven, and the best trotter I've ever driven was my father's horse, Atlanta. So mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough to drive two two top caliber horses. And what was it about It's My Show, and is it about It's My Show, that makes him so special? I believe it's uh, his ability to be so mature, and he lets me do whatever I want with him. So I can stir him up leaving and leave as hard as I can, and then if it looks like it's not going to work out, I can slow him right down. And he's very respectful. And I, I always say in my interviews that he's very robotic to drive. So it's like if I think it, he does it. And um, he's a driver's dream to drive. Well, if I think it, he does it. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was at the, the luncheon for the post-position draw, and they were talking about It's My Show's uh, elimination race where he came out of the one hole, and he, he basically paced the first eighth of a mile in, in 12 seconds. And you know yourself, Scott, that the starting gate is kind of at an angle at, at Woodbine Mohawk Park because of the you know configuration of the track. But... That was a pretty good tip-off, right, that the one post didn't bother this horse, and, and the horse was going to go to the front in, in the final, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, it was all about how fast we were going to have to go to the front, you know, and at what cost would it have took to gotten there. But in the elimination, you know, he, he made his mark that he had a lot of gate speed, and the fact that I drew the two-hole, yes, it wasn't great with a slanted gate, but at the same time, he garnered enough respect that a lot of horses didn't want to leave on the outside of them, therefore giving me a bit of an edge to that first turn. You know, it's interesting. I've asked uh, pilots this question. I've asked uh, race car drivers this question. So I'm going to ask you this question. What's it like when you're out there, you're, you're driving, you're, you're in a race, and it looks like you're going to win? What's going through your mind? You know, it's quite funny. Um, as a driver, I think I've had almost 30,000 races. So I've, I've had enough experience at 34 years old just in being behind the car and all these types of horses. Every, everyone's a little different. In these specific races, sometimes those last 100 feet, you just throw out everything you've learned and you just, you just let loose because <laughs> the wire is so far away and you, you know time is running out. I had a horse coming up so quickly on the outside of me. And then I, I just asked everything out of my horse those last 100 feet, and he gave it to me. Well, let's talk about yourself a little bit. Growing up, your father was an accomplished horseman uh, up here. Uh, was he the reason that you want to become such a large part of harness racing? Yeah, he was just an all-around horseman. You know, we always trained 20 to 30 horses. He always drove. And um, uh, when I first started, I learned underneath him and, and, and did all those types of things in the mornings, working in the barn. And then at night, I started to drive horses when I was 18 years old. But at the end of the day, I didn't love the 24-7 doing it. So um, I never really uh, tried to pursue the training side of it. So for me, it was the racing at nighttime, driving for many different people. Obviously not myself because I wasn't a trainer or an owner. So I just uh, was uh, hired by other people. And why standard bread? Why not thoroughbred? Why choose that part of the industry? Or maybe I should ask your father that. Yeah, that was uh, generationally. So his father had standard bread, and then he inherited it as well, and then I obviously followed his footsteps. Yeah. Well, I think part of it too, Scott, was when you came on the scene, the industry, the, the standard bread industry was kind of changing. Like, your dad was an accomplished driver and a trainer, and there was a lot of guys that were accomplished drivers and trainers, but 
all of a sudden it became more of a professional driver sport, right, where you either trained or you drove, and there wasn't too many guys like your dad anymore that were driving and training, correct? No, that's exactly true. And I don't know what made that swing change happen, um, but for me it was, it was great. It wasn't a lot of very young people. It was a lot of accomplished and it's not like in other sports where youth and eagerness is, is an edge. Uh, people want age and experience. So it's a very hard business to break into when you're young for people to give you those opportunities to learn. But uh, I was given those opportunities, and luckily enough, I've capitalized on some of them. And I know you're modest. I can tell just by interviewing you. But what is it that makes you stand out among the other drivers? I feel like I'm, I'm quite Stoic. And in a lot of these races, um, it's very easy to see a couple more zeros on the purse money that we go for and that to want to change the way you drive or your nerves. And I just feel like I, even from when I was very young, where this is obviously my second NA Cup win that I've had. But prior to that, there's never been really nerves. I, I feel like every race I treat just as importantly as the other. And for me heading into them, I, I don't really get nervous and I don't get emotional. Uh, I could turn the page if earlier races didn't go my way and be able to focus at that time and feel like maybe some other guys get a little nervous with the big moments on the line. Do you still talk uh, regularly with your dad and get advice and, and uh, you know, ask him questions and, you know, how would you handle it type of thing? Oh, most definitely. And the funny thing is he's really lived vicariously through me. He's had a great <laughs> career racing horses. He's won almost 9,000 races, $110 million driving. But he had never really got too many opportunities in these big, big races. He's never won a North American Cup. He's never won a Hamiltonian. And when I'm in, um, he feels like I'm representing him as well. So it's a really cool feeling. We talk about the races. We talk about possible strategies of what this guy might do, what I'm going to do. Uh, if this happens, how do, am I going to pivot from that? And so he's very involved in my daily driving, and um, it helps a lot. What's the hardest question you've ever had have to ask your father, and what's been the most difficult advice to hear from him, Scott? Yeah, it, it's funny. He's, a, he's a, usually a pretty tough character. Hmm. Uh, but for me, he's been so instrumental in my growing up as a driver because it's very easy to make mistakes. It's very easy to look back on a race and go, I should have done this, should have done that and to get angry about it. He was the greatest person I could have had growing up because he just understood that you're going to make mistakes. You're young. It's very expected. So it was easy for me to turn the page with a lot of the advice he gave me. And uh, we've really never run into any problems where I've had headbutts with him at all. We, we get along great. So besides your dad, uh, was there any other driver that you maybe followed and watched and, and maybe copied a little bit of their driving styles a bit? Well, to me, all the drivers in Canada were massive heroes of mine. You watch them all. They've won all these big races in Canada. But it was a lot of the times when the American drivers would migrate up north and drive in these big races. They were gods to me. You know, I never got to see them much. You just see them on TV in their interviews. So when I first moved to the States 10 years ago, uh, my idols were Brian Sears and Tim Petrick. You know, they were just the greatest drivers that they won all the major races. They'd come up there. They'd win our major races and go back south. Uh, so I learned a lot from them and became good friends with them. It's June the 24th. What are you working toward next? Obviously campaigning this horse is my show. Um, he's got a big year ahead of him. Uh, I clearly have a highly top caliber horse in that division. 
and he has many millions more to go for for the rest of the year. So hopefully we can manage him correctly. I could drive him properly, and we can hold up some more trophies with this horse specifically. Now, along the lines of myself, I race every single day, so uh, for me it's just uh, staying healthy, mm-hmm. um, avoiding any catastrophes, and um, just enjoying every moment out there. You mentioned earlier uh, that you moved to the U.S. to drive uh, regularly 10 years ago. Was that a tough decision to make? It, it was because I love home. I still really miss home, actually, um, especially going back. And the, the winter circles are so big when I'm back in Mohawk because those are all my family and friends. And, you know, they don't get to come to the States very often. So winning those homecoming races for me is a huge, huge deal. But for me moving, it was honestly about the this uh, continued slots racetrack program. So when, once that had happened, we had went from a substantial amount of about four hundred million down to one hundred million annually. And for me, it was uh, the inability to really grow from there. There was a ceiling of the amount of money I could make, and the breeding started to decline a little bit. And in the United States, it was prospering. The $1 million Pepsi North America Cup last weekend, there were huge, massive numbers of eyeballs on this betting and viewership on television. It was just really one of the most successful North America Cups ever. To what do you attribute that? And is that a sign that standard bred racing is, is, and harness racing is, is still on the way up? Yeah, absolutely. Mohawk is a great venue to host races. Uh, it's very fan-friendly. Uh, they had a great crowd, and at the same time, this has been a great year for that division of three-year-old Colt Pacers because we haven't had four divisions of eliminations, in, I think, in like 20 years. So there was four fields that had to go for eliminations that obviously the top two in each one made the final, and then two out of the other uh, third-place finishers would get in. So for us, usually we, in most of the elimination races, it's more of a top-five finish. It takes a lot of pressure off. You don't have to race your horses tough. But when it comes to a top two, that those eliminations felt like finals. You, know, it was a, you, you had to race your horse very tough, and you had to make sure that you were going to be top two. And you wouldn't, didn't want to leave anything to chance of finishing third. So uh, the eliminations were exciting races. Uh, every horse you knew that made the final was extremely deserving based on that fact. So you knew the final was going to be the most competitive one we've had. Quick question for you, Scott, before we let you go. What was the best advice your dad, Rick, gave you when you decided you wanted to be a harness driver? Um, it's funny. At the beginning, he said, go to school. And I, I said, um, well, I, I would like to drive like you did. You're so successful doing it. And he said, just do me a favor, go to school. And that was great advice because I went to school and graduated in accounting. And I've done very well driving, and it's helped me manage my money. So I'd say that was the best advice, go to school. I think that's great. That's great. Champion standard bread driver, Scott Zeron, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was such a pleasure. And please, please be with us again. Thank you very much. When we come back, friend of the show, Woodbine trainer Kevin Attard, is joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. 
Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine trainer Kevin Attard joins us today. And you know what? He's almost like a third host on Ponies 24-7. Kevin has just one starter set to go in today's Woodbine card that gives him time to catch up with us. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back again. Thank you. Appreciate having me back on. Well, I guess uh, let's start with Moira. Were you disappointed in her first start where she... uh basically got beat because of, uh, I guess, a pace uh, setup, right? It just didn't work for her? Yeah, obviously I was disappointed that she lost. I, I wasn't disappointed in, in her effort. Um, unfortunately, in those small fields like that, uh, jockeys tend to ride a particular horse instead of riding the race. And, and uh, you know, they knew she was the horse to beat, so they kind of rode her, and <laughs> she got stuck in a pocket and uh, wasn't able to kind of get out in time. Let's talk about what you've done with Moira from last year to this year. What happens in between? It was a stellar year for her and for you last year. How do you prepare her for this season? How did you? Yeah, so she had some time off, obviously, after the Breeders' Cup, a little bit of refreshing, you know, and that did her a world of good. She uh, she physically matured and, and grew, uh, so that was also nice to see. Um, she had some early training at Margo Farm in Kentucky, and then it was kind of sent to me here uh, uh, in, in, in the beginning of April, really. Uh, so we've kind of put the preparation for her. Obviously, I mean, our ultimate goal this year is to try to win a, a grade one event with her. I think she's quite capable of doing that. Uh, you know, obviously, she's a very special horse. Uh, I think she's a very high-quality horse. You know, the way she trains uh, in the mornings, uh, you know I mean? To me, she has the most potential of any horse that I've ever trained before, right? So, um, obviously, the first race, you know I mean, could have went a little bit better, but it's a stepping stone, and and she came out of the race in good order, and that's the main thing, and uh, we'll live to fight another day. 
So have you actually plotted out a schedule of races for her this year, uh, Kevin? Well, uh, you know, we have the E.P. Taylor in, in the back of our minds, uh, it being a grade one here at home, you know. She obviously competed in it last year as a three-year-old and, and, and uh, you know, was disqualified, but kind of uh, you know, made a good account for herself, even though the race kind of didn't go her way. Uh, so that's obviously an ultimate goal. Um, and then we kind of just work backwards a little bit from there. Um, you know, I mean, we're planning on making uh, her next start in the NASA here. It's a mile on the turf. Uh, July 1st. So uh, that's what we're playing towards right now. And Kevin, have you changed your technique this year when it comes to training Moira? No, I haven't. Uh, you know, she's pretty, pretty straightforward. She's pretty simple. Obviously, I think she kind of relished uh, the way she was trained last year. So if it ain't fixed, don't, you know, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, she's, she's, uh, Basically, obviously, on a similar trajectory in, in that in aspect. Um, you know, last year there were targeted races that we were trying to kind of lead up to, and obviously we wanted to make sure uh, going into the Queen's Plate she was fresh and, and not over-raced. So but this year, you know, we we have different races we were targeting. Um, so, but, uh, you know, this is uh, the NASA is kind of the next step in that process. And I know it's early, Kevin, but uh, will we see her race again next year? I think as long as she's sound and healthy, I think there's a good opportunity that will happen. Interesting to go that far ahead. So let's just go to later today. Uh, You have one horse uh, racing today. Why is that, and who is it? Uh, Yeah, her name is Super Flashy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, it is a very quiet day for us uh, today. Um, typically on the weekends, you know, we, we were pretty busy, but, uh, uh, the way the race is kind of just projected, uh, it just didn't kind of fit the, fit where our horses are right now. So, uh, super flashy is going to be the only horse representing the stable. Um, she owned by Terra Pharma, a long standing client of mine, uh, very nice filly. She was actually, uh, ran in the Oaks last year. Um, you know, she had a good productive campaign as an Ontario Sired filly, and uh, this race here today is, uh, is an Ontario Sired race as well. Uh, some some stiff competition, but uh, she was pretty impressive in her uh, win this season, uh, debuting off of a winter layoff, and uh, she's trained into this race in good order. And then tomorrow you have one of your top horses in last call in the Alleywell Stakes. Talk about that. Yeah, excited to see her back on the turf, you know, uh, she had been working well over the synthetic, so we decided to give her a try over it. And, um, you know, she kind of just ran, a, a, I thought, a flat second. Uh, the horse that won the race was very impressive that day. Obviously, we hook her again. Uh, but, you know, last call is going back to the turf uh, on Sunday. And, uh, obviously, you know, she wins the Natalma on that same turf course. So, uh, um, you know, she's trained well as in, in the interim. And uh, just excited to see her back on the grass now. And, Kevin, how many horses are you training this season? We have uh, 71 horses here at Woodbine, um, so some horses that train off the farm and rotate in as well, but uh, we're, we, we've been pretty busy, that's for sure. And what have you seen? What Who's catching your eye right now? Uh, you know, we, we have some younger horses. Uh, we had a couple of tier winners earlier in the season, uh, uh, Panek and Boltonori. Uh, they were both, uh, you know, impressive debut winners for young horses, um, so hopefully we'll can see them in some stake action uh, a little later on in the season as, uh, as the two-year-old stakes uh, start to get geared up. 
Um, I think we have a lot of uh, quality bred two-year-olds. Uh, a couple of them made a, a start last weekend. were a little disappointing, but I think as as the races stretch out for the younger horses, um, they'll uh, they'll show their true colors. Um, you know, we have some three-year-olds. A couple have also have been a little disappointing in their first starts uh, that are kind of uh, King's Plate hopefuls. Um, so we've got to get them back on track, and hopefully they're good enough to uh, represent us that day. Um, but we also have a horse called Tiburon that's a young, inexperienced horse. Uh, he broke his maiden first time going two turns in a second lifetime start. And, and he's a King Plate, uh, King's Plate prospect that uh, I think he's an improving horse and kind of maybe a, a horse kind of coming around at the right time. Well, before we uh, move forward to uh, talking about yourself a little bit, maybe the King's Plate, I just wanted to go back uh, to the last call. Um, she was a pretty nice filly last year. She was a grade one winner, right? Uh, again, like same question with, with Moira. Have you plotted out a course of uh, races for her as well this year? So there's a couple of races here at Woodbine for her uh, on the turf. And then after that, it, it, uh, you know, the, the, unfortunately for three-year-olds, everything's kind of geared towards the Canadian bred, and, and, and she's a Kentucky bred. Mm-hmm. So at, at some point, she's going to have to venture south of the border. Um, but for the time being, there's, you know, I mean, I think for the early part of the summer, uh, I, I would say she'll just be based at Woodbine and kind of uh, gearing towards the uh, the stakes that are available to us here. You know, I got to ask you a very simple question: Are you pumped for this season? You know, it's well underway. It's exciting. Your life is 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 full of challenges and successes. Do He's you, a rock star. Yeah, yeah. you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> So, rock star Atard, are you pu- are you pumped for this season? Does it does it ever get old? No, it doesn't get old. You you, you definitely get pumped, but uh, at the same token, then you also get to see the reality of it, and and horses kind of either not panning out or or injuries that come at the wrong time, and it, it almost kind of you know takes the life out of you yeah. for 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 a little bit, right? Yeah. So. Uh, it's a game of ups and downs, and you have to kind of take the punches, and and that's why when the rewards are there, uh, the feeling of winning and, and and achieving those goals is, you know, I mean, it's hard to explain that that magic uh, because it's there's so much hard work that's put in it uh, by a lot of people, uh, grooms, hot walkers, the exercise riders, um, and when it all comes together and you're able to celebrate as a team. It's a great feeling, uh, but then there's you know I mean the other side of it, and you know I mean uh, two nights ago I was here at the barn at nine o'clock at night dealing with a horse with colic, and mm. you know so it's uh, you know it's it's a game of ups and downs like I said, and you have to be able to take uh, take some blows because uh, it's a long season and it's not going to be all uh, you know uh, a, a game of, of roses that's for sure. It strikes me that the horses are like your children, Kevin. Definitely are. You know, uh, I think my daughter at home uh, gets a little upset with me because I spend more time with, with the horses. Uh, luckily for my son, he kind of works with me now uh, when he's not in school, so he, he gets to see me here at the track. But uh, my daughter and my wife aren't uh, aren't the biggest fans sometimes because by the time you get home, you're just too tired to do too much, right? So uh, you obviously try to try to keep your a balance of of life and work, but. Uh, it's definitely a consuming job, and it takes a lot of our time. Well, that's the, the perfect segue to what I wanted to ask you. Uh, you do run a major size stake stable or stable uh, of horses. A lot of them stakes horses. 
you're also a director of the HBPA. Um, how do you find time to do both? Because I guess, like you say, you got to have some sort of structure, right? And see your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not a director of the HBPA. Um, I've been asked to help on occasion here and there, right? And, and, and I try to offer my, my help at that when when I when I do have the time, right? Because unfortunately, that is the problem. Uh, I don't have the time to kind of commit to things like that, right? Uh, so the odd time, uh, they'll ask me to join a committee, and, and I'll be happy to. Uh, but to kind of fully commit right now, it's just, it's almost, there's not enough hours in the day. And, and uh, you know, like I said, you know, the track, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of my time. And, uh, you know, we're here, obviously, you know, I'm driving through the gate at 4.30 in the morning, and uh, you know, some days... I mean, when we're racing, we're not leaving until seven o'clock at night, right? So uh, it's, it's time-consuming, and I do have a, a family. You know, my children are a little older, and they're kind of more uh, self-independent in the sense, right? Uh, uh, but um, uh, they still, you know, I mean, I still need to be a husband and still need to be a dad, right? So uh, I do have to obviously keep uh, keep that side of my life uh, a little bit separate and. Uh, the good thing too is sometimes when I go home, I don't need to talk about horses with my wife, right? Which is a little bit of a break, and uh, it just uh, you know, I mean, kind of gives you some sort of normalcy uh, in, in in life. Kevin, the Atard name is world famous, and particularly, obviously, within the horse racing industry. Can you talk about the Atard dynasty? Where did it begin, and where is it going? Well, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Joe Atard was the pioneer of it all, right? Coming to Canada first and, you know, his brothers followed, uh, my, my dad, you know, Larry Sid. Um, so they all, uh, you know, they all had, had children that are, you know, either trained or, uh, are involved in the game at one point now in different aspects. Right. So, and, uh, you know, for myself now, um, I have a son that's, you know, very, dedicated to this uh, industry as well he he loves horse racing uh you know he he wants to be involved in it uh, long term and uh so for for you know, i mean for me it's important that uh the future for him obviously there's something uh, for him here right and obviously woodline's going through a a mass uh change and uh and uh the way it's uh i you know with the casino and the hotel and everything else kind of being built up around it. So, you know, I mean, obviously we want to see a bright future for horse racing in uh, Ontario. And, and it seems like uh, there's the potential for that to be uh, uh, realized and everything kind of come to fruition and have a thriving industry here uh, long term. Well, Kevin, uh, we want to thank you for taking the time again <laughs> to be on the show. Good luck uh, with uh, the rest of the season, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you at the track. Very good. Thank you very much. Appreciate having me on again, and uh, all the best, guys. Thank you, Kevin. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine jockey Emma Jane Wilson joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com.
Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Meadowlands Championship Meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 15th. And on Saturday, August 5th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the big games exciting harness racing through your HPI Bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A sensational Woodbine jockey, Emma Jane Wilson, is our guest today for the first time, actually, in a while. No better time than now to catch up with her as the Woodbine uh, racing approaches the heart of its summer racing season. Emma Jane, welcome back to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, guys. Uh, I appreciate everything you do for the, the industry, the sports, and, and the way you showcase. So I, I, I love to be on and, and to chat and catch up. Right back at you. Yeah, thanks. You can you can be on anytime. You want to be on every week? <laughs> oh, I, I would love to be on every week. It's, well, with compliments. Like we have a good goal. Yeah, with compliments <laughs> like that, like, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're staying with us. All right, let's, let's, get, let's get into the interview. Uh, let's talk about 2023 for you. You, you, you wrote a bit in the in in Florida in, in the winter time and that and now you're up at uh, Woodbine. How has the season been going for you? Uh, the season started off very well. Things are going extremely well. And like you said, I, I went to Gulfstream for the winter. Um, I have to be honest, it was a bit unplanned, um, so I wasn't really organized for that. But it was a it was a good winter in, in Florida, and anytime you can spend the time in the sunshine and getting on you know fast horses as opposed to being at home and blowing two feet of snow with a snowblower. <laughs> um, it was a bit tough to be away from the family, but, uh, you know, they, they understand that we, we made the, the trip back and forth a few times just to make it, uh, you know, a little bit more enjoyable. So, And, you know, came into the woodbine season swinging. Um, things have been going extremely well uh, up in the, you know, to the top of the charts of the standings. And, I mean, it's a, it's a long racing season here at Woodbine. So, you know, you, you know it's, it's a route, not a sprint. So, but we're in good position, stocking the pace. And, you know, I'm looking for a big finish as well. And who have you been riding? Who are your mounts so far? Um, I mean, quite often, I've got, I ride for quite a lot of different people. Um, I mean, you get, uh, we have a different kind of horse population now here at Woodbine than we have had over, you know, I mean, I've been riding races for 20 odd years now. So, um, we've got a, you know, a little bit of a lower level claiming racing that are going on here and, you know horse population everywhere. So it's a little bit for everybody, you know, you try to find the fast ones. It doesn't matter who trains them. Um, you want to get the fastest horse in the race and get as many W's on the board. I read somewhere, Emma Jane, that you began riding horses at the age of nine, and then you went to the University of Guelph a little later to study equine management. How did your path take yeah. you to becoming a jockey? It's, it's interesting. It was, I think it's kind of fate took me there. Um, I was born and raised in Brampton, which is essentially, you know, a suburb of the GTA and Woodbine was about 
15, 20 minutes away from, from my, my childhood home. My parents are British and I think horse racing, you know, is, was well ingrained in them. And I always loved the horses. So I used to come to Woodbine when I was a kid, you know, those birthday parties, they say, you know, mm-hmm. what would you like to do for your birthday party? Yeah. Oh, can I go to Woodbine? So we used to go to Woodbine <laughs> all the time. And I think taking, you know, sport, which is something I love, the competition. I mean, don't ask my sisters if they want to, you know, have a game of anything with me because I'm a little too intense for that competition. But take that that love of horses and, and the competition and stick them together. You know, that's horse racing. That was that was me. It was, you know, made for me. So I always wanted to be a jockey. Um, it was always a dream. And just through, you know, fate, it kind of came back around. I, I, I tried it at one point. I uh, exercise riding in between my two years of college and I was, I was horrible. I was, you know, I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't fit enough. I wasn't good enough. I didn't really know what the game was about. And I, you know, the, the trainer says, you know, uh, may, maybe you should go to the farm and, you know, get a little better. You know? So that experience though was enough to, to light the fire deep and, 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 and burn hot. So I made a plan you know, finish school, get myself organized and, and focus 100% on being a jockey and, and getting into the industry and giving everything I could give. And uh, I guess the rest is history in that sense. I, I, I got fitter, I got stronger, and I made a plan. And, and I started riding thoroughbreds in, I think it was 2002, 2001, 2002, and rode my first race in 04 and been riding ever since. What clicked you know you talk about igniting a fire in you and making a plan and working hard and finishing school it something clicked you are a sovereign and an eclipse award-winning jockey and you are you have so much success behind you and such a great future so what clicked what made it work for emma jane wilson that's a really good question actually um i i I think what it what really drove me was how um you know uh, oh, how amazing the sport was. I remember getting on this horse, you know, like I said, I, I got on a few horses for a few days um, and it was here at Woodbine and I, I threw a leg up over one and, and we walked through the backstretch. I had no idea where we were going. We we walked through the tunnel, needless to say, I've been through that a few more, a few thousand times since, and we walked up the hill and we were on the backstretch of Woodbine. I was one, sitting on a racehorse on the backstretch of Woodbine you know, looking up at the grandstand and I was just, you know, I like, this was my dream. Wow. This was everything. So there's that moment of like, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And, um, I think what, what, because of that and the realization that, you know, I, I want to do this, it's this close. I have it, I can taste it. And despite not being prepared, it gave me that opportunity to, you know, show what I needed to do what I needed to be ready for in order to be successful. So I took that step back and, you know, because of the knowledge that I gained in just those, that short period of time, it gave me that opportunity to, you know, sit down and think it through as to, you know, sort of map it out. What, what's going to be, what's, what's the path that's going to give me the most, uh, you know, recipe for success. And because of that, you know, I, I took the steps in that direction and, you know, but that, that that wow factor, you know, that that'll light a fire in anyone. So you must have taken the uh, right path, Emma Jane, because you are the uh, Sovereign Award, Eclipse Award winning jockey. You've ridden the winners of over $86 million in your career. Is there anything you have not accomplished in your career yet? 
<laughs> um, I mean, there's there's a long list of big races that I think every jockey wants to win. I mean, uh, Breeders' Cup is, 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 you know, I had a taste of that in 2010. I'd love to get back there and, and have a, a victory. Finishing second uh, in the juvenile turf that year was um, was amazing. But, you know, so, so close yet so far. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day. I was chatting with a couple of people in the backstretch here. And I'd, I'd love to get a, a Woodbine Oaks winner. Hmm. You know, I've had a plate winner, uh, Queen's Plate at the time, soon to be King's Plate. I'd love to get a King's Plate as well. But uh, an Oaks an Oaks winner here would be uh, would be lovely. I mean, the Canadian Classics hold a special place in my heart, um, being Canadian and having Woodbine as my home. So, I'd, you know, any anytime there's a Canadian Classic, I'd, I'd love to get those. A lot of firsts in your career, including, as you just mentioned, uh, the Queen's Plate. You were the first woman to win the Queen's Plate. Will there come a time when we don't look at the separate accomplishments of a woman in the horse racing industry? We just look at the accomplishments, no matter what the gender. I think so. I mean, very much throughout the world, we're, we're, um, we're hitting that point. You know, you look at Holly Doyle in England and... and and, uh, I mean, Rosina Pravnik at, at her best and even Julie Crone, you know, winning the, the Belmont. And, you know, the, the, the firsts are getting knocked off mm-hmm. very quickly. And, you know, it, it'll be uh, it'll be a little it's a, a little too too late that we're, we're still saying the first woman to do this or the first woman to do that. I mean, it's 2023. Um, but. You know, horse racing is steeped in tradition, and it's taking its time to, to come round, but it's coming round, and you can see that with the successes, I mean, all over the world. But a couple of weeks ago, they said it again, right? Uh, the first woman to win the Belmont in Jenna Antonucci, right? Absolutely, and, and that's what I mean. You have to, we, we as an industry, we, uh, we have to celebrate those victories, those milestones. They are significant. Um, so congratulations to Jenna. She did a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, it's, I try not to look at the whole, the gender aspect of it, but the significance of, you know, maybe there's a, a little boy or a little girl, you know, watching and they realize, you know, you know, men and women, girls and boys, they're, they're, like, I like to fight for the equality of it all. And every step we take and every milestone that we knock down, um, in, in that direction towards equality is, is a big one. So, you know, we need to celebrate that. But the best part about it is that it's done now. You've been racing for decades now. Were there challenges when you first became a jockey when it came to your gender? Um, I think so. I, you know, maybe I didn't quite hear it all the time. Uh, I, you know, I, I tried to let it be water off a duck's back. Like, you you can you can focus on it. You can let it be a hindrance, uh, but I mean, no matter you're as a professional athlete, you're gonna have you're gonna have people that you know like you for your strengths and and, and dislike you for your weaknesses. So you know, my biggest thing was focus on the strengths and and the weaknesses and make myself a better rider. And it wasn't about gender or anything like that. It was just you know being the best I could be. And um, during the you know you get the time, oh, girls aren't strong enough for you know. You know, that girl isn't as good a rider. Well, is she is not a good a rider because she's a girl? Or is, are there things that she could work on? Because I, I know there are a lot of riders out there, uh, you know, men and women that, you know, just aren't as good as other riders. So judge them on their abilities, not on their gender. And that's what I would, that's what I like to focus on then, and that's what I still focus on now. Right on. Mm-hmm. 
So when you were <laughs> thank you <laughs> when you were growing up, Emma Jane, was there a a jockey that maybe you watched and and henceforth you kind of patterned your own race riding style after when you became a jockey? Male or female? Male or female? Yeah. <laughs> Male or female? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's you, you get the the role models. I mean, Julie Crone was was significant for me because of her her successes, and also from an outsider looking in, so to speak. Um, you, you know, you, you'd gravitate in that direction. But as I became more involved in the industry and, and started to understand, you know, what I needed to do to become a, a top-level rider, that's when I started to, you know, model and mimic and learn from, from top riders all over. I mean, specifically we focus on, like, the top 10 at the time here at Woodbine, um, like guys like Todd Cable, Patrick Husbands, you know, you, you'd be watching them. They're going to be my competitors when I was looking to be a rider. Like, they are the top of, of the, the, the heap here. And, you know, you want to know them for not only just for their abilities, but also you want to know your competition. So I would watch um, the riders here. But, you know, I would go all over the world and, and, and watch all over the world. And, I mean, Frankie Vittori, I mean, he's on his farewell tour now. But, I mean, this is a guy right at the, the, the top level you know, for, for his entire career, that kind of consistency is, you know, some unbelievable, especially in this game. Emma Jane Wilson is the King's plate August the 20th in your future. (laughs) (laughs) That is the plan. I mean, we all know horse racing can be be challenging. I mean, Forte was the the favorite on Derby day and he didn't get a chance to show himself. So, you know, as, as these are animals that we, we are competing with and, you know, not everything, is as simple as, you know, check the, the air in the tires and, 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 you know, make sure the alignment's straight that morning. It's a lot more complicated and a lot more detailed than that. So um, hopefully, uh, all things considered, we have a, uh, a good day on the 20th. I'm, it's a long ways away still, and uh, we're working on a few things. Uh, horses have, have to come to fruition a little bit right now, but uh, I do like a couple of the horses that I've, I, we're working on and uh, – hopefully everything's stroking out pretty good on on the 20th. Well, Emma Jane, well said, and thanks for doing this uh, today, and good luck for the rest of the season, and good luck uh, with your, if you do get a King's Plate mount, hopefully you do, and good luck to you. Cheers, guys. It's a pleasure as always, and uh, enjoy the, the rest of your morning and the afternoon. And you as well, Emma Jane. Thank you. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. 
The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, and you were very successful last weekend, Larry. I tried. I try hard every weekend. <laughs> it's my show. Yeah, it's my show. I try hard. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's start at Woodbine. They have a nine race card today, highlighted by the $100,000 Belladia Stakes for fillies and mares, which is uh, race number six. But I'm going to race nine, which is an optional $30,000 claimer for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and upward six furlongs on the turf. Uh, there's 10 fillies and mares uh, set to uh, face the starter today, including number one, Cavalla, who was actually a pony's pick in her last start at Woodbine on May the 13th. That disappointing effort followed a tremendous third-place finish in the Starshoot Stakes when Cavalla was beaten only three-quarters of a length. You know, sometimes you see horses race super like she did in the star shoot, but then a horse may what we call bounce, and they perform not up to par, and in a lot of cases they will bounce back with a better effort in their next start. Uh, especially if a horse in question shows some good workouts since that, that dispo- disappointing effort, and that's what we have today with Cavalla. Since that May 13th start, Cavalla has worked three times at five furlongs, including a bullet work on June the 17th. Cavalla is also bred for the turf and makes her first start on that surface today, and I believe all signs point to a much better effort with Cavalla than what we saw last month. And one final positive with this filly today, it'll be Cavalla's third start off the layoff. So Woodbine Race 9, number one, Cavalla. Well, the Derby Trail and the Triple Crown is in the rearview mirror now, but all eyes will be on the three-year-old division again today with Thistle Downs hosting the Grade 3 Ohio Derby with a purse of a half a million dollars. And you see some familiar names entered, including two Phils, runner-up to Maj in this year's undercar in this year's uh, Kentucky Derby. There's also a good undercard of stakes races at Thistle Downs today, including race 11, the Lady Jacqueline Stakes for fillies and mares, three and up, or a purse of $250,000. It's at a mile and an eighth on the dirt. A full field of 12 have been entered, including Ontario-bred Interstate Daydream from the Brad Coxburn. 
and his go-to rider, friend of the show, Flo Giroux. Interstate Dream comes into today's race with five wins, two seconds, and two-thirds in ten lifetime starts, and is in two-for-two two at today's mile and an eighth distance. Her last race on Preakness Day at Pimlico was one and an eighth wire-to-wire win, and since then, she shows three good, well-spaced works, including a minute and two five-furlong breeze on June 16th. Flo Giroux and Brad Cox are 26% in 2022 and 23, and Brad Cox is 25% with horses racing between 31 to 60 days and 31% with horses that won their last start. Thistle Downs, race 11, number 8, Interstate Daydream. The Meadowlands has another 14 race card tonight, including race 6, which is a one-mile trot, and the third leg of the Graduate Series for four-year-olds, a purse of $75,000. Eight horses go behind the gate, including number four, Cool Papa Bell, who actually was last year's Hamiltonian winner. Cool Papa Bell makes his third start off his form cycle, and in last week's leg of the Graduate, Cool Papa Bell made an uncharacteristic break in stride at the start. However, he was able to recover and actually closed to finish fourth in the race, timed in 151-1, and last quarter in 27 flat. Tonight will be the third start off the layoff, and this winner of 9 of 25 lifetime starts and over a million dollars in earnings looks to be ready to win his first race this season. So the Meadowlands, race 6, number 4, Cool Papa Bell. Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 10 race card tonight, including race 5, which is a one-mile pace for a purse of $22,000. We're still on the topic of the North America Cup. As race five tonight features number four, Desperate Man, who two years ago was seen winning the North America Cup. And this guy makes his first paramutual start since January 21st and shows two qualifiers in the month of June, including one on June 13th where Desperate Man went wire to wire, drawing off to win easily by four and a half lengths in 152-1. and one. With two qualifiers in the bank now, Desperate Man looks to be in a position that he has found a field that he should be able to handle tonight. And normally I have found is that horses in most cases will drop up to two seconds when they go from a quarter to an actual paramutual start. And if that is true for Desperate Man tonight, that puts him pacing a mile around 150 and change, which should put him in the mix when the horses cross the finish line. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race five, number four, Desperate Man. Thank you so much, Larry. You are the best in the biz and such a pleasure to work with. I'll look forward to being with you next Saturday. And a quick shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. Goodbye and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine and a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Please donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.